This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hello, this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, and you can't tell, but right now I'm dressed as Deacon and not the Fallen Angel because I'm at Waterworld, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast because there's degrees. There's a little bit busted open, but this is Busted Wide Open. You're listening to us, so thanks for listening. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag series, episode number 36, I believe. Good God, have we been 36 (laughs) weeks since October? Holy smokes, it's been a long... My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and that's right. This is our mailbag series. That means that you guys asked us questions, and we must answer them. And this is kind of an open format. We do do mostly wrestling-related questions, because this is a wrestling show. But, hey, you're paying us your money, so you can ask us whatever the heck you want. This is open to patrons only, so that means if you are not a patron, you can't ask a question. But it's real easy to become a patron. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up for one of our lovely tiers. And right away, you'll be able to ask us questions on this show, mm. which we would love to answer. This is always fun, Nick. I always enjoy doing these shows because... We never know what's going to happen. Yes. Uh, it could go any which way, and yet you're, you're testing us. It's one you of the favorite tested. things we do every week. It is. It is. Guys, you I, all know I, where all the stuff it. is at this point, BWOPodcast.com. Make sure you're into our Discord because you don't want to miss the live chats for tomorrow night for WWE Backlash. That show looks like it's going to be a mess, which means the live chat is going to be lively. So <laughs> going to tear it apart. Make sure you look that, in the description yeah. below oh. to get access to our Discord and you get in there. If, if you can't find it, uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the audio podcast at some point tomorrow, it's probably too late. But you can ask anybody on social media and uh, find your way in there for live chats all throughout the week for every single show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Find your way over into the Facebook discussion group uh, and patreon.com slash BWO again to be able to ask your questions, get bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff over there. But we're going to kick things off with a man who is obsessed with being first in everything recently. Uh, our chats, our posts, are Mr. Jacob Uhas always showing up. As yes, soon sir. As the, I could put it up at 4 in the morning, and Jacob would be the first one. I mean, that that's some good work, sir. I appreciate that. He says, hey, guys, what are some of your favorite finishers, men, women, and tag teams? Ooh. Hmm. Um, you know what's... what. <sighs> I've come around on the Crossroads slash Blade Runner. I tend to like it more the way that Jay White does it. Yeah. It just feels more vicious, and he really lays it in. But I've come around on it. And I think that – I don't know if Cody's been watching Jay White, but he's been he, – the one he delivered to Jungle Boy last week was phenomenal. It, it looked like he murdered him. It, you know, the way that they, they twist around and come down to the head, it's great. Um, so that's when I've come around on of all time though, <sighs> man, that's, let me think about this. I'll throw my men's uh, one out there. It's, it's the Destino from Naito. Destino! Really? Oh, don't stop it. Kevin Kelly. <laughs> uh, it's pretty, but like for, I don't know for whatever, I prefer the rainmaker, just a good goddamn lariat. Is, I'm always a sucker for you. Whether it's a clothesline from hell or a, just the Stan Hansen. Lariato! Yeah, right. Um, just a really vicious clothesline always pops me. Um, <laughs> I, I used to love sweet chin music, but now everyone does super kicks, so I can't love it anymore. Yeah. 
I, I felt the same <laughs> way about Canadian destroyers, and now everybody has a destroyer. Um, it used to look it, so it? vicious whale? when Pentagon would do it, and now the great whale hunter. I'm trying to remember the original name of Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law is a really cool finisher. Yeah. He, he, oh he, yeah, that is a really good one. That's a Give really. Him the remember law. the first time. They're <laughs> Seth. I like the stomp too. That's a talk about a vicious finisher. Um, when it was set up properly as the shield, and there was a buckle bomb involved, and it would always lead to uh, a triple power bomb. Like when it was right. part of of other things. Like it now, it just feels like it's overdone. It's overused. Yeah, I like really unique looking finishers. Yeah. I, I which is funny to say because I just said a lariat, yeah. but. <laughs> Like if it's not a lariat, if it's not a simple move, I like really unique looking ones. Um, you know, when I was a kid, the DDT was my favorite because Jake the Snake, and it looked like a move that if you really used it on somebody, it would knock them out. Yeah. Right. Head head to canvas, head to ground. If you use a DDT in real life, you could kill someone. Um. So having a having realism behind a finisher always helps me too like again you know the i was talking about the crossroads it's essentially a fancy ddt yeah um marshall in the chat said end of days that's probably my second favorite if not tied for first i really I love that one just oh yeah the, if it's done right it looks brutal it's a swinging flatliner i don't know flatliners don't quite do it for me right. i've i've seen flatliners be done well but says the guy that you're likes rock clothes you're lines. rock bottoming yourself like what is what is what is this <laughs> Just, and the rock it, bottom is, I don't know. It looks nice. Yeah, it's, uh, anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what about the women? The women. Um, you know what's weird? I love Carmella's Code of Silence. That That's is a cool looking finish. Choking people out with her leg is yeah. a cool one. Um, Rhea's, Rhea's Riptide has got to be probably my current favorite one. I like her, um, her elevated cloverleaf finishing yeah. move where she like actually lifts them up that's a really cool because it shows off how goddamn strong she is yeah i think i actually prefer that as far as her finishers i'm trying to think of what other i mean you've got to talk about the insane elbow yeah. right literally the greatest elbow drop of all time it's, sorry it, macho man it's, it's the thing that really put hojo on the map you know mm-hmm. was that with yeah. the way she kicks her legs out like that and just comes down it's fantastic that's a really good yeah. one a really fantastic one really great one i'm trying to think of other women's finishers right now and i'm for some reason i'm blanking um trying to go through my yeah becky's got the arm a bar lot of them are me. submission moves i'm going through submission finishers. yeah i'm, yeah. I'm trying to stay away from submission finishers because there's such a vault of them what do you think about charlotte's figure eight because I've always clear. liked that it was Rick's and she put her own spin on it. So it keeps right. them tied to the name of Flair. And, I mean, Rick was the, you know, the, the, the one the, that really took that one to the next level. And she amped it up by bridging into it. And I'll give her, I'll give her credit for that. Right. So I like it in kayfabe. <laughs> but, but the figure four leg lock is a kayfabe move. Sure. It doesn't do a goddamn thing in real life. Sure. And now that we're getting more into an era where there's lots of like MMA stuff coming into this, uh, you know, and everyone kind of knows the figure four is not a real move. It's not, it's not going to do a damn thing. Saying that it's the figure four, but with added torque because she's doing a bridge is just the most insane kayfabery I can think of in women's finishers and it, and there's times it bothers me more than other times, but I just, ah. again, like in kayfabe, I, I agree with you. I love the fact she took her dad's move and she's like enhanced, like made a super move of, right. of it, you know, like it, <laughs> from storyline kayfabe. If like, you that's thought cool Rick Flair's figure four was bad, <laughs> wait until you get into the figure the eight. Figure eight. Right. Oh, it's cause it's twice as bad as the figure. Cause it's, cause it's two fours go into eight. And she's making like a circle, so it looks like, get it! I don't know. <laughs> I didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. It just struck me. Did you name uh, one yet? For the women? Yeah. Um, That's not a submission. Did I? That's not a submission. Yeah. You you said Rhea's uh, inverted cloverleaf was cool. It is, but that's a submission. Yeah. 
You, you didn't say Hojo's elbow or Kyrie's elbow. I, yeah, I said insane right. elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Kyle with a uh, super chat already yeah. showing out. Five bucks. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, you put the figure four on right, it hurts. Put the ankle just above the knee, and it hurts. All right. I'll, it, I'll take it, your word for it. it. It's not comfortable. <laughs> right. It's not. I've been in one. It's not comfortable. You're not. Your leg's not getting ripped off. Right. Like they sell it. It's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, I'm gonna, I'll never be able to use my leg again. My knee's going to explode. That's all I'm saying. The one that uh, he asked about it, that I have a lot for is tag teams. I have two or three of these that are just my absolute favorites. I love combo moves. Right. Um, so any sort of variation on the 3D. The 3D. Well, yeah, just right? a, an elevated cutter. So you've cutter. got yeah. uh, Shatter Machine. Um Plus, also the Legion of Doom. You know, you're talking about the Doomsday device. Doomsday device, which is yeah. Doomsday device may be the greatest tag team finisher of all time because, dude, the, that was the most unsafe freaking move. They would close like you got one guy, you know, in the electric chair position, and then you clothesline him. The number of times I've seen that move almost go horrible, and I think someone actually did get legit like messed up by it at one point. Uh, maybe more than one point that we just I just heard about the one point. Like that's a scary freaking move. Yeah. I've got to stick with Doomsday Device. That's like one of the greatest. That or 3D. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Like that. That's um, like the compactor is cute. It's then they do it really well. But god damn, dude, Doomsday Device just ended people's lives. You believed that was the end of the match. Meltzer Driver's not bad. That's a pretty good one. Meltzer Driver's goofy as hell. Get out of here. All right. I don't. Okay. What I don't like. Oh, Super Collider. That's the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah, where they're basically doing like they're cheersing each other before they powerbomb. <laughs> it never looks it never looks bad enough. You know what I mean? It never looks like eh. hitting each other sucks. It just kind of like if, if they ding. if they gave a little last ride or a spirit bomb oomph to it by lifting them up and then powerbombing them or sitting out yeah. to powerbomb something like that. I don't know. It's, I I don't like tag team finishers where one person her person is assisting the other person in a move that's already devastating. You know what I mean? Like the they're the, what is it the not the brain buster, the mind exploder mind or whatever the heck the mind breaker. Mind breaker. Mind breaker that the FTR are doing right now. It's a pile driver. Yeah. It's an assisted pile driver. And great. They did a great job. It looked great. But there's a, like, and the Meltzer driver too, there's always something where the other guy coming down and kind of like, Gently brushing the feet or legs of the person who's being dropped, like or they're not really toe tapping, driving them toe as well tapping their cheeks. because you'll kill them. Yeah. You can't, like, you got to be careful with this. So it always looks a little bit weak. Yeah, the one person who's assisting, you know what I mean? Yeah. It it just, yeah. yeah. So little nitpick, me, 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 wrestling, me. It'll, it'll never get better than 3D through a table. I'm just, yep. I'm sorry. It's, it just, that's it is what it if is. If only, if only they could have done a doomsday device through a table. <laughs> and here you are talking about what an unsafe move it is and you want to introduce tables to actually it might I, break the fall if they did it's not I might a bad help idea. Them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much jacob thanks for always being uh being on point man uh Appreciate next up you. abraham gentle man of the west gentle man of the east i salute you we salute you abraham yes. We speak your name if there was a remake of no holds no barred, barred. Who would play the role of Rip? Who would play Zeus? Oh, man. <laughs> Who's Rip? Who's Zeus? You decide. AEW or WWE or a mix of both. You can even throw in some new characters for color and drama or and more action. Of course, we all know who would play Brel, Nick. Because of Nick booking being the best thing ever in the epic stories it can tell in great Oscar-winning wrestling movies. Thank you, Abraham. <sighs> Appreciate it. You just so really, Hogan, really Hogan set and off Zeus. Surrey and Dangerous too. <laughs> Hogan and Zeus. So who plays Hogan? Please, who plays Zeus? I mean, I'm trying to think who's who's even in the realm of how Lashley. bizarre and scary Tony Lister is. I mean, not quite as scary, but he could probably pull it off as Bobby Lashley. I, big, <laughs> what? Big, what? Big E Langston? Oh, Bobby Lashley. God, I thought you said Bobby Roode. No. What? How did you get I don't know. That's why it was weird. I was like, Bobby Roode as Zeus? No. What are, what are you? Oh, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah he looks like a nor. Like, what if, if 
Tony Lister hadn't had some sort of genetic defects, he looks like he would look like Bobby Lash. Like you know, he's got the he's weird and lumpy. He got the eye. I think Big E might like, even be he's a, a better choice than Lashley. But if you give Big E the the lazy eye, that would he would be great. Yep. as that, and I think he'd be able to play up how freaking bizarre Zeus was. Yeah. Like he actually would do that. Yeah. That was amazing. Um, by the way, I want to put it out there. I love Tony Lister as an actor and as a person. So don't, don't misconstrue. That's my bike. Uh, <laughs> uh, I always think of him as the president in fifth element too. Oh, but, God, uh, yes. no, uh, I was actually thinking if you now, if we did a colorblind casting, and Lance Archer played Zeus. And maybe Lashley is Hogan. No, I'm trying to think who you could have. Or maybe Big E is Hogan. Hey, I'd watch that movie. Okay, you have my attention. I'd, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I love all of you that get all of these pop culture film references too, by the way. I could get behind that, man. Yeah, Asian Dawn. Good God. Yeah. Big E, or, yeah. No, Lance Archer and, and who did you, Big E is Hogan? Is that what you said? Hey, Smokey back here taking his shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Big E is Hogan. I Big E is Hogan versus Lance. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I, yeah, why not? Big E is Hogan. Lance Archer is Zeus. There you go. Done. I'm, I'm watching that movie. There you I'm, go. I'm in. Thank you very much, <laughs> Abraham. Uh, next up, Sean asks, hope everyone out there is uh, the innovator of the mop himself yeah. right here, Mr. Sean Clark, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone out there is hanging in. The world's crazy tough, so don't get down on yourself. If you See how positive this dude is? No wonder love he it. came up love with it. a moment of positivity. God, mm. we love you, Sean. Thank you so much. Uh, don't get down on yourself. If you find yourself feeling down, reach out to people you care about. Surround yourself with love. I promise mm -hmm. it will help. It does. I it agree. What are some of your favorite swerves of all time? I feel like when it's done right, it's one of the best things in wrestling, although it's oh, not yeah. often done right. Take care, guys. It's a plot twist. Plot twist. Plot yeah. twists are always awesome. Uh, it was me. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. McMahon and Ministry of Darkness, I don't know if I'd call That's that the, worst. the best. It's, it's, it, no. <laughs> it's not the worst. Stone Cold Heel Turn was the worst yeah. of all time, but the McMahon is the higher power is up there with just uh, I think one of the best executed that nobody saw coming with Seth's turn on the shield. Yeah, the Seth Seth's shield heel turn slash heist of the century swerve at the end of WrestleMania 31. Yeah, WrestleMania WrestleMania 31. Nice. Um, th that yeah, the combo, the Seth combo, the 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 double tap of Seth that year, turning on the shield and then cashing in at Mania. That was a couple of fantastic swerves. I can tell you right now, it's one of the loudest pops I ever freaking heard in my life. Um, uh, Andre turning on, I mean, any, any heel turn moments, you know, Andre turning on Hogan, Orndorff turning on Hogan. Uh, Hogan and Bash of the Beach, man. Dude, no, one of the greatest swerves slash turns of all time. Mark Henry's retirement speech. Oh, God. He had I us was, all. I, listen, I was crying. Hook, line, and sinker. He was crying. Tears running down we my were face. Crying. Oh my god, that was good. That's oh, that was a good one. The salmon bitch. jacket. You son of a bitch. That's got to be in there. That's got to be. Uh, um, yeah, and I'm just thinking about like that. You know, we we're talking about Seth going on a tear of swerves. Brock went on a tear of swerves, beating Taker, squashing Cena. Like that was there was a bunch of just like right right, right at the beginning Leaving of WWE uh, initially after the first <laughs> couple of years you know <laughs> he left WWE every time he had a match well you know what, you know what I'm referring slip. to though I know what you're referring yeah. to but yeah there's some there's some good swerves there were a lot of good ones yeah there were a lot of bad ones. Thank you. Rock turning heel way back in the day. Your boy, The Rock, turning when he first became uh, corporate, corporate Corporate champion. Rock. Corporate champion, yeah. I, I, I didn't hate that, though, because he was already over AF. He had reached tweener status at that point. I, I was I was fine with it. Whatever. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sean Clark. Uh, next up, Yardy from across the pond. He says, bonsoir, bonsoir, monsieur. Sorry, real, real, real quick, real quick. Oh. 
Jacob threw a good one in here. The the festival of friendship slash uh, Shawn Michaels and Jericho. Those two good swerves. Well, that was going that through was the, Jay, through not the Jacob. Jacob said Kenta going to Bullet Club. Oh, the Kenta the Kenta swerve was Shibata. Oh, oh, that ruined me, Jacob. <laughs> that ruined me. Oh, Jacob said, "Why is my name on this?" Oh, J oh, J Jay said festival, and then Jacob was yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Jay, you're right. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, all right, uh, so Yardi, bonsoir, monsieur. Uh, I just finished the bonsoir. Final Fantasy VII remake, and I liked it. Mm. So my question is, what video game would you like to see remade from the ground up? Huh. I'm typically averse to remakes, but I will say I am currently playing the Command & Conquer remastered and I'm in 4K, and I'm loving every second of it. The original Command and Conquer and Red Alert RTS yeah, strategy yeah. games. That I was so before I got into first person shooters and played Unreal Tournament and Quake Three Team Arena and played those all sort of semi professionally and competitively. I was really into RTS games, so like Warcraft, Starcraft, Command and Conquer, right. Age of Empires, all of those. And I was obsessed. So we've had Age of Empires get remade and we just got Command and Conquer remade. The big one for me, Yardy. And they have announced that they are working on this. Is Diablo two? We've been waiting on that one yes. for right. years. They've been buried under controversy of Diablo three for the last pretty much decade, and they have <laughs> announced that they are officially doing a full remaster, ground up of Diablo yeah. two. If there was one game besides World of Warcraft that I have lost years of my life to, <laughs> it's Diablo two. <laughs> That's mine. No kidding, dude. I lied. I have, I spent way too much time on Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, and now I see Diablo 4 coming out, and I'm like, oh, God, no. Yes. I've got a show to do, man. I can't, I can't be having no Diablo in here. Yeah. Um, it's so I'm, – I'm getting it. I'm getting the one that I wanted. They're remastering Demon Souls. So I get my wish. If there was another one, I want them to remaster uh, Dead Space. Bring back my Dead Space. Soul Reaver series. Soul Reaver. Never mind, Nick. You took it. As, Boom. As right there. and Kane and all of that Dude. gameplay was amazing. Start with Legacy of Kane and then go straight into Soul Reaver. And, and finish the game. Yeah. Because they released the original Soul Reaver unfinished. They cut out an entire level because they couldn't finish in time. It was an unfinished game and they had to like, you know, quick, like quick the ending. Uh, it just kind of stops. And they, you know, the next two were really good, um, and their Legacy of Kane sequel was pretty good too around that time. But oh, dude, you're so right. Soul Reaver Two Remake. is still in my top three all time oh, games I've ever played. It was so good. The plot was outstanding. Yeah. The voice acting. And you had the I guy playing the old god that he went. To I was gonna say that I forget his name, but his voice is all time. I can see all -time his face. I've, I've met him. Yep, the I, huge nose. Yeah. That's the only way you could get that voice out of that thing. Was he had this gigantic nasal cavity? It was <laughs> just like a walrus. It was oh yeah. Okay, so there you go. I'm getting Demon Souls, but Dead Space and freaking Soul Reaver, Nick. Okay, Nick killed it. Marshall That's is dropping done. big ones in the chat. Uh, Ocarina of Time. I would I would mark the hell out if they redid that one. Uh, eh, I feel like we kind of got it with Breath of the Wild. Like people forget, o Ocarina of Time was a pain in the ass to play. It was. For some parts. It was. Uh, other mentions, GoldenEye, GTA 3. Mm. Mm. You know what? Yeah. It would be really easy for Rockstar to upscale and remaster the whole franchise of GTA. It'd be a cash cow if they did it. See, that's the thing. It's like when they remastered uh, Call of Duty 4, and I was like, uh, why? Yeah. Now they're, they're doing Battlefield 3 now. Every year you do a new Call of Duty game and it's essentially a reskin of the previous game. It's it'd be like remake remaking WWE 2K15. It's like why? Why remake that? Yeah. Why make why remake GTA 3? We've got GTA 5. It's essentially this it's just the same thing but bigger and better. If, if it's essentially a remake. Hi Rockstar if you're listening. Longtime GTA <laughs> player and fan. I think the thing that they could do that would really blow up GTA would be to at combine all the worlds into one larger MMO. And we've got GTA 5 online, and we had the same thing with GTA 4, but if they somehow 
enabled you to drive between cities and play all of the missions all at one time in the same MMO space. Think World of Warcraft, but for Grand Theft Auto. And all the characters intertwine somehow. And they put new quests and new layers on top of all of it together. Build a big-ass MMO out of the Grand Theft Auto Enterprise. The heist thing kind of fell on deaf ears. But at the same time, I think they could totally redo that as a sort of raid dungeon kind of thing that they do in other MMOs. There's so much potential with Grand Theft Auto. And I feel like we've only scratched the surface of what they could do with that game. So, mm. thank you, Yardy. Good question. Uh, I could talk mm-hmm. about that one for hours. Uh, we could. <laughs> next up, Jonathan asks if you could, for a minute, put on the tinfoil hat and fantasy book any match you wanted today, what would it be? You can only book a wrestler who is still alive. They can be retired and you can be cross brand, but they have to be alive. Any stipulation with any amount of talent, if I may, my top three. Well, he's going to do his. Well, let's do ours real quick before I read those out loud. I'll read his. I read his? Know what okay. he's, what he's doing. Uh, yeah. His top three would be Cody versus Triple H in a no-holds-barred match. Uh, elimination Chamber match, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Keith Lee, Mark Henry, and Big Show. I would watch the absolute hell out of that. And you know all of those guys Jesus. are, are going yeah, you Because you love them big boys. Yep. Uh, finally, Tessa Blanchard versus Charlotte Flair in the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> With a winky face. Nice. Uh, I'm... Charlotte wouldn't lose, but <laughs> um, Charlotte Flair with Rick ringside match you with Tessa today. with Tully ringside. That could be interesting. Tanahashi versus Cena. Boom. That's no. I don't need. I don't need any other frills. Tanahashi versus Cena. Yeah. You could even make it a series. Have one in the Tokyo Dome and one. At Madison Square Garden, I don't know. Like, I yeah, two two all time generational stars would be awesome. Um, I feel like we had Omega Okada, Okada Daniel Bryan. Mm. I'd still watch the crap out of that. Um, I mean, I, I would have loved before yesterday. One of my dream matches that were on my list were modern-day Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Yeah. And we just got it, and it was And it was boom. Really it was good. boom. Yeah. Uh, so wait, what is the question here? You can only book, book tenfold hat and fantasy book any match you wanted today. What would it be? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. It's funny I, I'd how get, little get, time I spend thinking about this. <laughs> and, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. We're so stuck in like modern times and news and what's happening now. And like when I, when I, right. when I take a second to step back, yeah, I would love to see at their at his peak Stone Cold Steve Austin versus uh, um, Kevin Owens. Here's a here's you know? a left field one. Here's a left field one, and it's modern. And I mean, it could happen if things go sideways on SmackDown. But Matt Riddle versus Jake Hager in a cage. Damn, be down for that. I don't. I'm not. It's not a Pro- dream proper match, shoot fight. It's a, yeah, have him go. Like let let him let him uh, let him work a little bit. Kind of like Riddle and Thatcher. Like just let him. Yeah. Let us let him go. That's a good one. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Thank you very much, Jonathan. That was a good one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, next up, Martin asks. Uh, he's doing Italian now. Uh huh. I'm, I'm not uh, even gonna try. Ciao, signori. Ciao, signori. Ciao, signori. Uh, I'm trying to, <laughs> Bella. I'm trying to better myself uh, by learning Italian. Bella Lugosi. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Bella Lugosi. <laughs> I'm trying to better myself by learning Italian. Anyway, I hope you're both well and staying safe and at least a little sane. I have a wrestling question and a not so wrestling one. Wrestling question is: At Takeover, Keith Lee wrestled the traditional big man kind mm-hmm. of style. Uh, do you think that was to show Vince he isn't just a spot monkey ready for his call up? Also, when he is called up, should he go with Mia Yim as a group? Let's answer this one first. Um, Keith Lee got into NXT by putting on straightforward wrestling matches. They actually, Regal actually asked him to work a straightforward match with Cassius Ono. um, And like no flips, none of that stuff, like to work, work a match. 
So they know Keith can do that. And in fact, some of his first matches, um, when he wasn't working with Dijak, were big man style. Right. And he has been talking to guys like Mark Henry and stuff like that on how a big show on how to work big man style, which is you know very different from what all the things he can do. So when he's working with other big guys who are also athletic, like Dijak, it's one of the reasons why he and Dijak are so great together because they can both do these insane things and they can help each other do them. But he can do that or he can go work the way he did with Johnny Gargano, which is this like lumbering beast. And the fact that he can transition so seamlessly is why Keith is such a hot prospect and a blue chip in WWE. Here's the thing. It's been noted that Vince does not watch NXT. He may watch clips. He doesn't watch it. He's not sitting there picking apart wrestlers and how they perform in NXT. So it was more, I think, to show the, the viewers that Keith wasn't just one gear. He's got several different modes he can work in. Yeah. I think it was to show us. I think it was to, to show everybody out there. Like, you know, when they first had Keith, Keith debut before he got injured, he was working a slower style, a bigger man style, and hiding all the tricks he could do. When they brought him back and he finally got his second push, they were like, Keith, go out there and get over. Do your crazy moves. And that's what got him over with the crowd was doing the big, gifable, memeable moment 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 things. And now they can pull it back. And we all love Keith Lee. And he, you know, he can do like one big, you know, pounce through the the plexiglass in the match, and everything else is him just working big man. Yeah. And kind of lumbering around. And we'll get we'll go there with him because he's already over. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's for us. Uh, when um, he's called up, public, I think he's going yeah. by himself. I don't think Mia's. I, I think Mia's on. If, if this keeps up, and this might shock some people, I think Mia's the next one potentially in line for the uh, NXT Women's Championship. I mean, she's got to run at it. I think you're wrong, but um, fair enough. I, I I don't see them. <laughs> I don't see them coming up as a pair. No. no. Um, I think Keith's going to the Royal Rumble next year. Keith Keith is his own um he's a, he's his own act. And I think it might actually detract from him, him to go up with Mia Yim. I could see it happening. I just don't think it will. I think I called my Drew shot last summer initially. So I'll call my you I'll did. call my shot. You call your Keith shot? I'll call my Keith shot. Keith Lee win the Royal Rumble uh next year, next January. He's not you're not winning it. No. 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 Might be in it. He's, he he probably will be in the Royal Rumble. He's not going to win it. Yeah. So now the other question. You've been hired by WWE, Sasha Banks. You've been hired hired by WWE (laughs) to cast the voices for the new Transformers movie. You need an Optimus Prime, Jazz, Ironhide, Vector Sigma. Oh, my God. Megatron, Soundwave, Starship. Okay. That's a lot of them. You need all of them. Uh, You need all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just have Peter, what's Cullen? Just do all of them. Peter Cullen. Just do all of them. You there's a reason he's still doing Optimus Prime's voice. There's a reason. No one else can voice Optimus Prime. When he dies, Prime dies. Yep. For real this time. Not like Transformers the movie, which disturbed me as a kid greatly. Yep. Uh, that being said, there is only one man who can be Unicron. And, and not Orson Welles. Uh, although he was great as Unicron. Damien Priest. Yes. Has to be Unicron. Yes. Full stop. Um, Sammy Zayn should be should be uh, Starscream. Yes. Just that loud, loud, loud and annoying. Big E should be Jazz. <laughs> Why? What? Because he's I'm not loud and obnoxious. I'm and not, he's got that I'm kind not of touching swagger. that. <laughs> I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. Um, Ironhide. T- Arn Anderson. All right. Arn Anderson should be Ironhide. I don't know who Vector Sigma is. I don't either. Soundwave. Is who, that who? Who's got a computerized voice? Uh, Soundwave will be played by Michael Cole. Nice. <laughs> um, we need a Megatron. We need a Megatron. Uh. I, Vince, Vince McMahon. <laughs> that's not bad, actually. That, that'd be that'd actually be really. Damn good. you, Optimus Prime! Exactly. I'll get you next time. What are you going to do? Voice. 
That's pretty close, actually. That's a good. That's really good. I, I would. I would. Watch I mean, that. Vince would also be a good. Um, what was the name of the bad guy in Inspector Gadget? Oh God! I'll get you next time, Gadget. Next time. Oh. That guy. That guy with a Stro- stroke in his hat. cat. Yeah. Bring Gadget to me. Yeah, I forgot the name of him. Yeah. Da- Claw. Claw. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, the big glove stroking the cat. Doctor Claw. Doctor Claw. Yeah, Vince should be that guy. <laughs> nice. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Anyway, thank you very much, Martin. Great questions. <laughs> uh, next up, Billy asks, "Hey, my guys, I need to buy some merch from you, but I can't. Not until you answer this two-part question." Ooh, okay. Bring what it up. horror movie slash movie yes! did you go into hearing tons of praise for that you absolutely hated? And what hor- The Conjuring. F The Conjuring. F all of The Conjuring movies. Die, Bloomhouse, die. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well said. Yeah. Uh, it's and- all about A24. Bloomhouse can die. Yeah. And what horror movie slash movie that's got a bad reputation do you feel needs more credit? For me, mm-hmm. I went into Hereditary expecting greatness. I found, oh, no. I found an easy nap each time I watched. Uh, and of course, Halloween, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch is a brilliant work of art. Not Amen. Now to decide Preach. what to buy. Preach. Hallelujah. Thank you, Billy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a member of the Halloween 3 cult. I've actually got the poster on my wall right over there. Um, what horror movie has got tons of praise... I did not enjoy the quiet ones. The quiet ones what's, or the a quiet place? The quiet place. Thank you. A quiet place. Right. I I wanted to. We love the office. Uh, I have a I love Emily Blunt. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. You went in thinking John Krasinski is going to be like the the office, and then you're like, oh, this is not like the office at all. I appreciate it as a sort of. It had a lot of indie feel and vibe to it, and I love that. But it just it, it just didn't get over the the hump there were a couple of really good moments but it just ah. i liked it except for how absolutely stupid everybody was in that movie (laughs) everyone was so dumb right stupid kids ah jb and i are gonna be at odds she says quiet place was amazing you had one rule you have to be quiet and you can't even do that no, I, I actually I liked Quiet Place a lot, but there was I definitely was just like yeah. a lot of that old horror movie, like you're being stupid, yeah. screaming at the screen right. kind of thing. Um, you know what? Okay, I just cursed out Bloomhouse, and I think I'm actually going to call out these two because they bucked the trend. Sinister and Oculus, okay, are awesome. The first, like the first, I loved Oculus. The second, the second, Oculus is awesome. That was like some shit we hadn't seen before. I love that. And it was, well, yeah. And it's, 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 um, I'm forgetting the name of the director. It begins with an M. But he also did, uh, Gerald's Game. He's really good. And this is why he edits his own movies. He's really good at multiple timelines happening at once and reality and everything blending and, and, and points of view and, and, whether we're seeing through the character's eyes or, or not, uh, he's that is brilliant how he's able to do all those things. So definitely got to throw some love from Oculus. Also, you've got um, uh, what's her name from the Marvel movies plays the main female lead. Dang it. What's, she was also in um, Juman, the new Jumanji movies. You're thinking of Mike Flanagan, by the way, for Oculus. Mike Flanagan. Who's an M? Thank you, Google. Mike Flanagan. Thank you, Google. And um, yeah, she played, a, she played Nebula in the Marvel movies and she's the main character in Oculus. Uh, <laughs> names today are not are not my friend um but sinister is badass even though the bad guy looks like the guitarist from slipknot and it's stupid as hell how he looks that movie is so goddamn scary if you don't jump at that movie you're in a coma yeah sinister is awesome ethan hawk one of the greatest reacting actors out there yeah he's uh, he if you watch his acting he is so good at reacting to things. It's why he was great in Training Day. He helped Denzel Washington win that Oscar because it was all about how he was selling Denzel Washington. That's way harder to do. Um, so I got to give some love to those movies because they were made by Bloomhouse. And another one, 30 Days of Night. My 
God, I love that movie. That is a slept-on vampire. It's the, one of my favorite vampire movies of all time. Yep. It's just, it is just mean. Fantastic. And it's a bit of a sappy ending, but I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. That movie's bad ass. Full yeah. stop. All you guys, all you guys talking about you bowl in the chat. We we're just going to universally agree with you. You're, you're... Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. Thank yeah, you. Car- Will. Oh, okay. Karen Gillan. Yes. Karen Gillan. Damn it. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Billy. Uh, and yes, the hat tip to Halloween three season of the witch. Fantastic. Uh, next up, Esme. Wait, wait, ball can eat a dick. Yeah. I hate Uwe ball. Uh, house of the house of the what was it house of the dead? Ugh, try to re- remake that. Video. I, I, I'm still trying to get over Doom. Hot garbage. Uh, Esme, with the rock, with the rock, yeah, yeah, just awful. Ugh. So much potential in that uh, universe. To Carl Urban, up. Carl Urban too. Right. You you wasted Carl Urban. Yep. He didn't get to be a badass like that until the remake of Dread, right. which is freaking awesome, by the way. Yeah. All right, we're going off on movies. We're gonna get back to wrestling. Esme, booby champ. I hope you're enjoying yes. your grit. Grits. She got the grit. Yes. Salutations, pod nominal ones. Nice twist. Hello. I missed this episode because I'm working today, but am looking Aww. forward to listening to it later. I have one question. Is We love you. We miss Is Mystery Men the best superhero movie of the 90s? Up until no. that point... Marshall, I guess, sorry, Esme, I'm cutting off your question. Marshall with the merch purchase of a BWO logo tee. Oh! One of the you, OG sir. throwback logos, too, man. Nice. I knew I kept those on there for a reason. Enjoy that, Marshall. Thank you very much. Much obliged. I hope you enjoyed the Nick Guard 1 delivery here live on stream. <laughs> All right. Jesus back, to, uh, back to Esme's question. Is Mystery Men the best superhero movie of the 90s? Mm-hmm. X- X-Men was in 2000. So that yes, yeah. She's actually talking. Okay, read the rest of the question. I am, I am. Like, Up until that point, right. the Christopher Reeve Superman was considered the best superhero movie, and that was in the seventies. X Men hit in two thousand, and we were off to the races. But what about Mystery yes. Men? Shouldn't that always be included in the best superhero movies of all time, or at the very least, best superhero movie in the nineties? Thank you guys. In these less than seller times, I always look forward to your podcast. Brightens up my day and offers a much needed distraction. You guys oh. are the best at what you do. It's quality, not quantity. Shout out to the Thank pod fam as well over in the Discord. Y'all are true class, and I have nothing but love for all of you. Ah, uh-huh. love the love, <laughs> love you guys. Um, Mystery Men is an amazing movie. It's freaking hilarious. Way before its time, it bombed because no one got it. If it had came out after all the Marvel movies had come out, it would have been huge, and everyone would laugh their ass off. The cast is absolutely insane. The cast in that movie is out of control. You even have Tom Waits in that movie, and any movie with Tom Waits is automatically good in my book. So, yes, Mystery Men is an amazing movie, but it's also a comedy. And it works as a superhero film, but one of the reasons why it kind of got overlooked in the history of superhero films is because it is a goof. And it's for the same reason that The Tick just can't seem to get a show off the ground. It was a like the cartoon was the best the tick ever did because oh, people automatically knew, automatically knew what it was, but they just can't seem to make the tick a live action show. And you even had Patrick Warburton as the tick, which is one of the greatest castings of all time, by the way. Um, Mis- yeah, so yeah. Mystery Men to me is not the best. What are we classic best superhero movie? It, it's Blade for me in the nineties. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I can also throw in The Crow. Uh, the Crow would be up there as well. Is that a superhero I, movie? Absolutely. Crow's a superhero, yeah, kind of. Crow's fantastic. If, if, but I, mean, if I, was, ta- I wouldn't I mean, have considered that one in that category. If we're talking about movies based on comic books, Dark Man counts as well. Dark Man is brilliant. Liam Neeson at his best. Oh, my God. Liam Neeson. Yeah, that counts. The Mask with Jim Carrey. The Mask is a superhero. Fair. Um, I said the crow spawn. Very underrated film. The, the, the special effects are absolute garbage now, but whatever. John Leguizamo's um, best role ever. And also, Batman Returns was nineties. Batman Returns That's with uh, Michael Keaton, Danny, that was Danny DeVito as Penguin, believe, wasn't it? Michelle Pfeiffer as the best Catwoman ever put on film. Fight me. Is Terminator um, considered a superhero movie? Terminator Two. No, because it's not, not not based on a comic book. I'm I'm saying like oh, superheroes based okay, on comic. Okay, so these had to. Okay, fair. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Blade. Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, also '90s. Uh, Blade's a good one. Blade is definitely a Blade good one. Blade Two, especially. Is, oh, 
Hardy. Tank Girl. Okay. Thinking of Shotzi Blackheart here. Getting silly. Tank Tank Girl. Okay, fine. No, love Lori. We'd be getting silly if I said. Yeah. If I said if I said the Phantom or the Shadow, we'd be getting silly. Yeah. Fine. Thank you very much, Esme. Or Dick or Dick Tracy. Yeah, was okay. Dick Tracy nineties or was it eighties? Warren Beatty and Madonna. Al Pacino. No, it was nineties. Was it? Yeah. Ninety-two. If I'm go. not mistaken. There you go. That's a great one. That's a great one. That, that is a really good one. Al Pacino holds up really is, well. Uh, uh, Bugsy. Uh, what was was it? Bugsy? I don't remember. Yeah. He was fan. He had all the <laughs> all I know is the art di- and stuff. The art direction was insane yeah, in that movie. Really, really good stuff. Thank you for the kind words too, Esme. Really appreciate it. Uh, Brian Lake, new patron this week. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Welcome, welcome to the welcome. phenomenal ones. He says, "What's up, yeah. phenomenal ones? Who wins?" Hell in a Cell, Chucky versus Leprechaun versus Stripe from Gremlins versus Hornswoggle. Who wins inside Hell in a Cell? Um, The Leprechaun. He's got magic, and his magic is all over the place in those movies, man. He's able to, like, like, there was some some movies where he was, like, blowing things up and, like, turning people big or small. Like, he's able to do all, he's got magic. What's, what is Chucky, who's a doll, Going to do to that. I'm going to give Chucky the the flyer here, honestly, because he can he can he's he's literally a flyer. He can he's the high flyer, so he benefits from being in a cell. He can jump off the places and just stab you, you know, and you're done. The leprechaun could turn the 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 cell into a bunch of flowers, like he's way OP for this match. That's fair. That's fair. But what if we what if we I had mean, a no magic stipulation? I guess Hell in a Cell is a no holds barred match, so it's whatever. I'm, I mean, magic theoretically. Allowed. <laughs> Theoretically, you know, Chucky and Stripe could team up on the Leprechaun. True. One of them could distract him while the other one kills him. Um, and then they kill each other, and then Hornswoggle crawls out from under the ring, and he wins Hell in a Cell. <laughs> Just saying, he lives under the ring. Jay in the chat said Leprechaun is the Fiend, or Bray I guess He's the Bray Wyatt. Yeah. 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 How are you going to beat him? Yeah. He's, he's completely OP. Yeah. Good, totally good OP. Point. Yeah. Welcome aboard, yeah, Brian. But, Thank you for the question. But uh, but but let's let's all let's all face it. The the little weird demons from the gate would actually beat anybody. The ghoulies. No, not the ghoulies. The little weird demons from the gate. The ghoulies live in the toilet. They're not even. They're not even. Chud. <laughs> the chud. What the cannibalistic <laughs> humanoid underground I'm doing dweller? Underground dwellers. I I say like it got to be little things though. Uh-huh. Little guys. That was the whole point of this. God, Nick, get on board. <laughs> Oh, thank you very much, Brian. I hope you enjoyed that. Welcome to the Phenomenal Ones, and thank you for your support. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Uh, next up, Josh asks, getting in late this week, but here it goes. With the return of New Japan, what are some feuds and or matches you're hoping to see in the coming months? Man, it is all about New Japan Cup right now. I cannot think about anything and, and the outcomes of that heading into the G1 in a, in a few months. I need more Osprey Okada. <sighs> I need those guys to continue their feud, their rivalry. They're like big brother, little brother. Like Osprey I need, jacked I need, Osprey 2.0. Like what we're Yeah, good no, Lord. Osprey needs to come back and be like, I'm the senpai yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh that's a, that's one I I want to see more of Kenta running wild on people. Um I feel like he's primed to have a breakout second half of the year, I hope. They were kind of they were setting stuff up with him. Yep. Him entering the G1 last year as a junior heavy, and a few others at that, at that, and then him coming out and committing. Was it at the end of Best of Super Juniors where he he said he made that commitment to New Japan or he announced it? And I just feel like it's been the last year has been all about. Oh yeah, building him up and bulking him up physically, literally and figuratively, and yeah, if we can get some Oz, I think Ibushi's going to have a fantastic 2020 through the rest of the year. You give me some more, yeah. You give me Ibushi and Jacked Osprey. You've got my attention too. Yes, please. Like, put it in my eye holes. I'm I'm just very curious what Jacked Osprey does to everyone down there. Uh, once he once he comes back, I'm I'm looking forward to like we mentioned. It, I think last week on the show, um, or at some point we talked. Well, I think we talked about the news show. I mentioned it. Like it's going to be like Triple H coming back to Madison Square Garden after he came back from the quad surgery, right. and he was just a house. Yeah. He was just. A, I'm waiting for that first time that Osprey gets in the ring and takes off the robe, and everyone just goes, "Nandi, <laughs> Nandeska, with Osprey, 
Jackdonis. <laughs> He's huge. You know. Yoked. Yoked. Um, I want, you know, the other thing is I want to see Moxley face more people. I want Moxley to come back and face more talent there. I feel like there's, I'm more interested in Death Rider than I am in AEW Mox. That's a good so point. I'd love him to come back and have a bunch of feuds with people. And I want to see Naito defend. Yeah. You know, like he's faced everybody. How does his story end? I feel like this is, this is, we've reached the pinnacle, the end of the third act. Where do we go from here with Naito? Well, for those of you so, that might have missed it earlier in the week, I, I did predict Hiromu after that moment we had. Yeah, you did because Nick booking is, is always in effect. You, you called Hiromu to win the New Japan Cup, which is the craziest goddamn thing I've ever heard. Okay. Okay. I also, you know what else I want? And this, if you want some Ian booking, oh, sure. I need, I need Sonata or Evil to turn on Los Ingobernables, and I want to see some, like, Gennetti, Shawn Michaels shit go down between Evil and Sonata. Which one do you think There's is the Gennetti? Well, I don't think either is the Gennetti. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as who turns heel, yeah, uh, I think I mean, I mean, evil, right? He's evil. But Sonata's. I mean, Sonata has more reason to. Yeah, he's kind of you know always getting left behind on shit. But he, I, I, evil could also make that argument too. I'm always in your shadow. You're the pretty one. F you. And Sonata can be over there like, dude, you bang Io Shirai on the regular. What are you mad about? Right. So, be great feud. Nice. Yeah, Josh, mostly I'm looking forward to see what happens in New Japan Cup. And the outcomes of that, I think, are going to set the tone. Uh, there, there's a lot of little story matches and, and feuds that could come out of uh, that entire bracket. Uh, there's three or four of them. I'm looking at my bracket right now. There's three or four of them that I'm going, yep, 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 more of that. And that's what I'm when, – whenever New Japan does tournaments like the G1 or the New Japan Cup, it's that's what it's all about is like how are we going to set the stage for the rest of the year and beyond? How are we going to get to Wrestle Kingdom in six months? It's June, guys. we got six months to Wrestle Kingdom. we got the G1 in four months. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, Everyone's God. like, 2020 is horrible. I'm like, no, New Japan's coming back. Yes, we'll be fine. It, we'll be fine. We're, we're halfway through it. Let's, let's just – Give quiet, me my G1. If you be quiet, the 2020 will just go away quicker. I mean, we were we were mad that the G one got pushed back for the Olympics. Now it's like, oh, thank God! Yeah. <laughs> oh man, thank you very much, Josh. Next up, Mark asks, "What is a match that has been better in repeat viewings? For example, Undertaker Brock at thirty was disappointing at best when it happened live. However, looking back at mm. it, knowing what we know now with Undertaker's concussion in the course of the and of course the outcome, it gives the match new meaning. What was a disappointing match between two legends?" That becomes a story of a broken down man fighting for his life. Oh, sorry, I said that wrong. What was a disappointing match between two legends becomes a story of a broken down man fighting for his life in the twilight years of his career. Mm -hmm. uh, again, what are some matches that you guys feel have gotten better with repeat viewings? Naito losing to Okada at Wrestle Kingdom a year or two ago, uh, obviously in context now, is brilliant. And it was a fantastic match. And having him losing that way and then everything else he had to go through. It's just New Japan's on my mind right now, so that popped into my head. We're like, I went back and appreciate that match more now because of the context of history. And what Mark is saying here with the context of Undertaker uh, and, and Brock, especially if you're watching Last Ride, yeah. that match becomes such a big deal. Um, and we can debate all day whether or not Undertaker should have lost the streak. I know Arn Anderson came out recently and said he shouldn't have. I, I don't think he should have. I'll, I'll, I'll but, openly um, say I don't think he should have. He should. He shouldn't have lost to Brock there. No. I, how does he finish that match? And I mean, I mean, I don't know. How do you? I if you look and if you look at him psychologically, if you watch Last Ride, and obviously it's a documentary, they can, you know, make whatever reality they want. But that, when you watch that, you kind of get the sense that he needed to get his ass kicked there and to get concussed and to lose that match and lose his mojo a bit to have the research and have like the kind of what we've got in the last himself. five years. Right. Which has been varying dividends. Yeah. 
But I do think you know, he should have retired and stayed retired after the Roman after match, Roman Reigns. When he put all his yeah. gear in the in the ring with the spotlight. It was too perfect. It was it that was, was too picture perfect. perfect retirement kind of thing. Yeah. Match is better in repeat viewings. So that's what we're talking about here. We could talk about Undertaker all day, and maybe at some point we will. But but he says, what was a, a match- disappointing match between two legends? That uh, no, no, he's just describing that one. What are oh, he's saying? He was what was a match? What are some what matches match you feel got have gotten better with repeat viewings? Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, they're legends because they're legends. I'm having trouble going back and finding a, a match that I disliked that would have gotten better. I mean, we've had several iterations of is it of, is it is it specifically? I mean, what are some matches that you guys feel have gotten better with? See, I can think of matches where, like, every time I watch it, I appreciate it more, sure, and like it more. Um, you know, I've I mean, for a recent example, I've watched Osprey Takagi like ten times, mm. and every time it gets better. Yeah. Um, the same with some of the uh, Okada uh, Omega matches, where I pick up more. And I see more of the subtle little things they drop in there, the storytelling, because there's so much going on in them. I pick up more from them. And actually, you know, if I'm thinking about it that way, um, you, you know, if you think about something like uh, Hell in a Cell, the the Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell, I've watched that match over a hundred times. I've watched that match more than any other match in my life. Because it is such a goddamn train wreck. Yeah. But it's fascinating. It's a fascinating car crash. And it's every time I find a new nuance. Maybe it's the same thing as, as the Taker-Brock match where once you know someone's legit injured, you're like looking for how this thing, how does it continue? Like what are they thinking in this match? Right? Maybe that's it. But every time I watch... Hell in a Cell, I get something else out of it. I get a little nuance. I didn't even see Finkel's reaction to uh, to fully going off the top of the cell until just like the last time I watched it like, recently. Wow. I saw a, a, I saw a gif of Finkel reacting to fully hit the table, and it's brilliant. And I a little nuance I never noticed before. You know, so that's that's one that like I don't know, maybe but maybe it's not fair for me to say that it doesn't get better every time. I just I get more out of it. Uh, three stages of hell match. That's a great Triple one. Triple H Stone Cold and I, 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 much like you were just describing, I noticed more. Um, they're slow in plotting kind of workers anyway, so it's <laughs> it's it's hard to miss some stuff, but you do. I love going back and watching legendary matches. Uh, tw- twenty five. They're measured. They're measured. Taker, they're measured. Taker and Shawn Michaels, what I consider to be arguably oh, the best yeah. match of all time. God. Um, that match is rewatchable as a, as AF, right? <laughs> That's Jer- here's one. Here's a good one. Jericho Michaels at Mania did not really care about that match at the time. No. Now I look back at it and it's amazing. Yeah, it's such a good match, such good storytelling, such good psychology. Um, that's one that's gotten better every time I watch it. Um, if you haven't watched Michaels versus Taker at 25, they've had several of them at that point several big matches between the two of them. That's that's my favorite. That that might be my favorite match of all time. That's one of them. It's fantastic. Strong, strong case we made for it. Yeah. It's hard to beat Okada Omega, though. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Of course it is. <laughs> and and, and, and when I, when I, whenever I go back and watch Omega Okada, I always have to watch all of them. Like I always have to do, like a, I have to hear, feel the story. It's almost like if I sat down and watched Blade, I have to watch all three Blades. If I sit down and watch Fellowship of the Ring, what? I have to sit down and watch all three movies. Okay, if I watch, that one I got you. But Blade, you have to watch all three Blades, well, least, even the third at one. At least the first two. The first two, I got you. The first third two, one, I treat though. like one movie, almost. You know, I'll put it on while I'm working on something or editing something. Weird ass. Anyway, I, I always have to watch things in succession. Harry Potter movies. If I'm watching Harry Potter, I have to watch all the Harry Potter movies. Um, uh, Marshall, Marshall in the chat says Kane versus Strowman versus Lesnar. Definitely go back looking for the spot where Strowman pisses off Lesnar. Yeah, because he need him in the head. Yeah, it was a and receipt. Then he gives him a big, <laughs> and then and then Brock comes back and punches him twice in the head with almost reflexively. Yeah. And like, then Strowman, I remember of- being next to the ropes on all fours and and <laughs> looks over at Brock and he, and no, he says, uh, "Are we done?" 
Yeah. It's the camera he, he in the knew, wrong place at the wrong time. He knew. He knew Brock, he pissed off Brock. Well, that's, that's the scariest thing about Brock. He's in, he's in there with a guy the size of Strowman. And Strowman knees him in the head, and Brock just stands up and just ding, ding, right on, right on Strowman, right on his temple. And Strowman was moving. Like, that's how scary Brock is. Yeah. Is he was just pinpoint accuracy. Doom, doom. On the side of Strowman's head. And Strowman just, his legs just went, just like spaghetti immediately. <laughs> like, that's how dangerous Brock is. He almost dropped this horse of a man. And that was like a love tap. He wasn't really striking him. That was just like a wake up, kid kind of thing. Brock, wow. Brock's matches in college. His he was always his speed was always his thing. It was his closing speed and his his uh, approach yeah. speed and and the same thing in UFC when he was fighting Couture and and those other guys. Is yeah, they would always comment on his his clo- his ability to just like that just zero to his zero to sixty. Right? Yeah, you're on the ground. He's got you done. You're you're done. Yeah, you want to see actually the scariest moment I ever saw with Brock Lesnar was a was a, I think it was just like a random raw. And it was when he was, it was right after Seth stole his championship and he was like coming for Seth. And Seth runs towards the barricade and like hops over the barricade, like uses his arms and kind of swings his legs over and and keeps running. Brock's coming after him, hurdles the damn barricade, hurdles it, clears it by a few inches, full speed, never breaks a stride. When a man the size of Brock Lesnar clears a barricade coming after you and wants to kill you, just drop to the ground, shit your pants, you're dead. Like, I, I saw that, and I was just like, oh, God, no! That's a, oh, that's, I'm out no. in the wilderness, and there's a giant grizzly bear, and I'm not even going to try and run. I'm just going to, like. I'm just going to say my last rites, and be like, all right, I guess that's it. Let's that go. was it. Like, when I, when, I, <laughs> when I finally saw The Revenant, and they saw Leonardo DiCaprio basically just get, you know, butt raped by this bear. Yeah. It reminded me of, of Brock chasing down Seth. Like, <laughs> run, Seth, run! He's coming for you. What was the question? Matches. <laughs> right. Matches that have been Good proved Lord. with time. And we got to go. <gasps> Jennifer's waiting on me. All right. Uh, well, there, I, think we, I think we gave a yeah, few. Got a few there. Uh, last but certainly not least, Marshall always sneaks it in on me at the last minute. I was literally sending <laughs> in the questions yeah. when you snuck that one in on me. But well done. Well done. Uh, it. Evening, fellas. Last night, Help. I found myself cheering on AJ like I did when I was in high school, and not often enough does a wrestling match get me that excited. What match or moment in your adult life has taken you back where you forgot about the logistics of wrestling and cheer on something or someone like you did when you were a kid? Love you, fellas. And mark, mark out moments. Mark out moments. Yes. Thank you, Marshall. Uh, um, mark out moments. Like when you just, you forget that it's it's a show, when you forget that it's kayfabe, you just... just I mean, you know, it brought it up a couple times on the show. WrestleMania 31 with Seth cashing in. I lost my damn mind. Uh, my 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 roof came off. Um, Kenta turning on Shibata. We talked about that earlier. Like, I I wanted to kill him. Every time Stephanie McMahon opens her damn mouth. But these are I mean, we're talking about happy moments. Um, uh, would, what match uh, or moment in your adult life has taken you back where you forgot about the logistics and cheer on something or someone like you did when you were a kid? Going to Lucha Underground and seeing Ricochet face Rey Mysterio. When I saw that live, I you you could have you could have picked me off the ceiling. Pentagon throwing Jeff Hardy into or Jeff Hardy Jeff Cobb Jeff- into us. <laughs> Uh, we were on the oh, front yeah. row of one of those tapings, and uh, Pentagon. I think it was Pentagon threw Jeff Cobb into us. I, th- uh, I don't remember who it was. Was it Cobb or was it? Sorry, Matan. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Matanza. It wasn't Matanza. It wasn't Matanza. It was. Um, it might have been Cage. It was a big. Somebody, he threw someone big at us. Yeah. <laughs> we were we were scrambling to get away from the seats, but like. I think I was too uh, too concentrating on trying to save my life to mark out over it. I, I definitely marked out over Ray. You can actually go back and watch the season two finale of Lucha Underground and see me in the crowd marking out for Ray. Like they actually cut to me in the crowd, me marking out for Ray, starting a thank you Ray chant. Um, oh. lost my mind for that match. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when. So. You know what it was? 
so you've got me thinking about Lucha Underground. It was the twist at the end of season one with Vampiro. There are yeah, that was a big one for me, and I just went. That was great. What? Oh my god! <laughs> Seriously, it's the higher oh power god. thing done right. It's like oh. it's, it's that's what the Vince twist should have been. It's what it should have been. Oh, yeah, that was that was one of the moments. Uh, I'm struggling to find one of those in WWE in the last decade. Like uh, Daniel marked out Daniel happy Bryan winning both belts 30. at yeah. 30, 30. Yeah. After everything the authority had put him through, the gauntlet of evolution that he had run through, the Occupy Raw, like everything that he talk about a babyface I mean, fighting upward. Winning two winning two belts, I gotta say Naito. I got choked up when Naito won, man. I legit did. When he when he busted out, actually the moment was when he busted out the Stardust Press. When he started busted out his old finishing move to finish off uh, Okada was when I lost it. That's when I lost it. I told, yeah, totally reverted to being a kid. They totally got me. That's like that's a that's yeah. I'm a I'm a put my flag on that one. Yeah. Well, there we go, guys. Oh, Kofi Mania, dude. Kofi Mania was a good oh, one too. That was so good. That was a really that good WrestleMania one. as a whole, and not to take anything away from Kofi, but that WrestleMania, if you guys remember, all the faces won. Becky won, Seth won, Kofi won. Yeah, make him make him happy. It was fantastic. And Becky won too, I believe, in that one. I said I said Becky. Oh, did you? Oh, I didn't hear it. That, well, there that, you go. That was Becky two belts. Yep. Well, there we go, guys. Thank you very much, patrons. Phenomenal ones for always being mm. phenomenal. Uh, he's sending us these great questions in every single week. Uh, we love you guys for it. If you'd like to send yours in, patreon.com slash BWO is the place to do that. We do this every Saturday after our main show, so you get to do it four times a month at least. I think sometimes we have five Saturdays. Yeah, in, in, uh, I think we're going to have five this a year. month. But, uh, yeah, so for five bucks a month, five dollars a month, you get to ask your questions every single week. So thank you guys all for doing that, plus many more bonus episodes, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO, BWOpodcast.com. You guys know where to find all of our stuff. Make sure you're in the Discord for tomorrow night because we will be having a live chat all throughout Black, Backlash. Blacklash? Backlash. God, I am tired. Backlash <laughs> tomorrow night starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific for the kickoff show. We will be doing the watch party over on Facebook, but a lot of people also congregate in the Discord. Make sure you find us over on Facebook. Get into the Discord. Like our page. All that good stuff. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.